Hello and welcome to Season 4 of the VoiceOver Hour podcast, brought to you by the VoiceOver Network, an organization that is dedicated to helping, supporting and strengthening the voiceover industry. Now, my name's Rachel Naylor, and I'll be your host. I've been a voice actor for over 20 years, working in all areas of voiceovers, from video games to commercials to animation to promos. I'm also editor of The Buzz magazine, which is the only magazine in the world dedicated to the voiceover industry. I'm director at Elements Demos, founder and CEO of The Voiceover Network, and I'm also a multi-award winning entrepreneur. I talk to some amazing experts in our industry, including voice actors, agents, producers, and casting directors. They'll be sharing their stories as well as information and advice to help you with your voiceover journey. And that's what this podcast is all about. So the VoiceOver Network is the number one place for voiceover professionals to get the best training, help, support, opportunities, and access to an amazing supportive community. Head over to the voiceovernetwork.org website to see all the amazing events and workshops we have going on. I started the VoiceOver Network over eight years ago. I can't believe that now. Because I wanted to create a safe place for voiceover professionals from around the world to come together to get help, support and advice and to strengthen this amazing industry we work in. The VoiceOver Network is a global community of voiceover professionals of all levels. So people who've been in the industry for over 40 years and people just starting out. And I'm so proud of what we've created. I want to empower you on your voiceover journey. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the VoiceOver Hour podcast. Now, today I'm interviewing the brilliant Ollie Sheff, who is a voice actor, actor, and humanitarian clown. She is also a producer, writer, production assistant, casting director, second AD, documentary filmmaker. She's a busy, busy lady. Um, she's worked in audiobooks, commercials, animations, and video games. Um, and it is awesome to have you joining us today. Welcome. Hi, Rachel. I am delighted to be here. And uh, chitty chat. <laughs> yeah, and it's really good. And you, you're also a member of the VoiceOver Network. You've been part Hi. of the the accelerator program you've just had your demo made with elements demo so you know you're you're all in yeah is i'm all over the uh, yeah von it is, has been absolutely delightful and uh, it's been such a wonderful experience like connecting with everybody i mean goodness the voice acting world is massive and also feels like family the whole time so it, it's it's a great uh great it's great to be in the network <laughs> yeah, and it is lovely, isn't it? Everybody's so supportive. I think the voiceover voiceover artists just generally are like we're just really yeah. inviting and accepting and supportive, and yeah, we're a special breed. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah, the love is there. The love is yeah. very. It's really great. Definitely, definitely. So, tell us, how did you get into voiceovers? Oh, what a great question. Um, so uh, I've been acting since I was little um, in stage stuff and um, a little bit of films here and there. And I would say probably the first thing, we'll just say the roots were I remember taking a cassette tape of my parents and um, singing over it to music. I, I like recorded over. Unfortunately, it was like a lecture that my father 
Pepper, oh, whoops. A patient. <laughs> Oopsies. <laughs> and then later um, in college, when cassette tapes were no longer a thing, it was a little niche thing that some of my friends that did band music were into. Um, I'd make cassette tapes randomly of uh, me reading stories or telling stories for friends for road trips. And then I made yeah. CDs like that. Again, it was like never on my radar to do voice acting. Um, and Andy Arndt was my professor. Uh, and I took like one class with her and we kind of became friends and she was really heavy into like pursuing that, leaving teaching and like going into um, voice acting. So fast forward several years later and Andy's like doing full-time voice acting and she was leaving a position and she just reached out to uh, former students and was like, hey, there's this opportunity. I don't know if anyone wants to audition for this job that I'm leaving. And it was doing um, tutorials for um, for like Windows products, uh, Microsoft stuff. And um, well, I had just actually done a recording because my mother thinks outside of the box and did an, an educational animation. So she was like, I'm going to make an animation. She can't draw. She doesn't do voices. She used to be a singer, but she like hired people, created this, wrote the scripts and then hired me and another uh, actor that she knew to do all the voices for her animation. So that was still in process. And I kind of was like, oh, I did, I did, I did voice acting. I know what I'm doing. Of course. So it gave me that confidence. Yeah. You know, I just done it to help my mom out. And now I was like, I had this confidence. I was like, yeah, I can audition for this thing that Andy mentioned. Uh, so luckily I had learned from the experience with my mother. Uh, she had bought uh, perfectly great equipment. Um, but the challenge had been through that process was the sound treatment. Um, and luckily I was working for my mom and luckily it was her setup. And so we had to deal with sound and realizing how microphones are amazing and sound treatment though is the most important thing. <laughs> wow. So um, I was living in a yurt at the time, which if no one knows what a yurt is, it's basically a canvas tent. And I lived on a farm. So Andy presents this opportunity to me. And so I went out and I got uh, like a soft box, collapsible box. I filled it with foam. I cut a hole in it. I bought an XLR microphone. I got in at that time, it was probably similar to the iRig, but it was called an icicle, but it allowed you to connect as an interface mm -hmm. between the XLR cable, your laptop and the microphone. And um, yeah, so then I just recorded the audition and I had to do it from one to 3 a.m. And then I worked for them for the next six years. And, uh, <laughs> and you had to do it from one to 3 a.m. Yeah, because it was the only time the animals were asleep because there were goats <laughs> and uh, geese and chickens and guinea hens and all of them loved to talk. So from one to 3 a.m. was my recording time. I only had to do that for a year. Thank goodness. Amazing. <laughs> wow. Is, there'll, be, there'll be people listening to this, like who think that they've got problems, right? <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, the, I love hearing people talk about their spaces because I now have a booth, great. I can control my sound. I live on a farms, a, a non-operational farm. So I can control leaf blowers. I always like put that in my pitch to clients. I'm like, I can control the leaf blowers. I can control like the lawn mowers. There's like, I control the animal. Like I control all the outside noise. Yeah. 
affecting me, which is great. Um, but I've built like I remember recording a, a larger commercial um, and it was from a shanty uh booth. I literally had sound panels that I had balanced and another one over top me. And I'd stuck the computer outside above that I had, and I had to crawl in, shut the, the panel behind me. And then I'm so glad zoom wasn't really a thing. Then it was just like, just phone patching. (laughs) So they couldn't see. And I'd record on my knees and then I pop up and like mess with the computer and then go down into my little hole. And then eventually I had to shimmy out. I mean, it was like completely ridiculous. Um, but it, uh, you know, I knew enough about making sure the sound quality was adequate, that yeah. it wasn't a problem. It just would have looked scary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know I think back to the early days. We, I wish we'd all taken photos or little video clips of us in, in our original booths. Um, but yeah, that's that's incredible to kind of think that's you started in a your first studio was in a yurt. Yeah. Like, yeah. Wow. That's that's amazing. And and that that shows real dedication as well. The fact that you had to record from one to three a.m. for a year. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. And and I started doing audiobooks at that time, too. Um, so audiobooks as anyone that's ever done an audiobook is a marathon. And, and that was much more challenging than than the tutorials for that that kind of time frame because feeling, you know, got to meet those deadlines. And then, and also, you know, I just want to point put on this because if anybody's listening that hasn't done voiceover or is going into it, um, understand that everybody trips up and makes mistakes because those early books, I thought I had to do in one go. And so I would, if I messed up, I'd start from the beginning all over again. (gasps) Same with the e-learning. So I remember the engineer for the e-learning stuff or the the tutorials telling me, you know, even Andy stumbles sometimes. You don't have to keep doing the full entire read. You can send this in in bits. I actually want it in these sorts of formats. And then the audiobooks, like once that he told me that, I started realizing, oh, and then I started investigating more about, well, actually I went to um, a, a workshop with Sean Pratt um, oh, years yeah. ago in person. It was, it was oh, just so offered by he's the, awesome. he's so great. And it was offered by the Actors Center. And it was, I mean, so many years ago and he was talking about the process and I was like, oh, <laughs> I've been making a lot more work for myself. Yeah. And it is not this sort of thing where you just speak the whole time with no errors. <laughs> yeah. So if you're going into it, please be kind to yourself. Learn about punch and roll, things like that. Oh, my gosh. I just want to say that because it was a it was a learning curve, a really terrible. <laughs> yeah. It's that thing, isn't it, when you kind of come in and, uh, you know, I think people coming into the industry now are so lucky because there is so much information. When I came yeah. into the industry, it was like over 20 years ago and there was there were no there was no help, support, advice. There was, yeah, there was nothing out there. You just had to make your mistakes and get up and try again. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. So many. Uh, oh, so many definitely. Too. And no. what do you love about voiceovers? doing voiceovers? Um, Well, I think each area 
has something that's really beautiful to it. Um, I love, I love allowing my imagination to run wild. Mm. Um, I love the intimacy that's created with it where um, you kind of get to break a fourth wall in a way like your audience is even though we're alone <laughs> yeah it's it's like knowing that the audience is right there yeah like you still there's something a little bit different um than you know stage you feel the audience physically yeah. around you and i think there's something really nice about voiceover because because of the confined spaces that your interaction with the text, with a script, with a scene, with a character, even if it's just battle chatter, it's it's like your imagination gets to fly through the air in the space and it bounces back at you a little bit. And it's like, oh, the audience, I'm, I, I'm like, I'm connecting. It's, it's, a, it's like, that's a weird way to explain it. But um, I feel like it's just the ability to connect with an audience in a very intimate way that even when it's, it's yelling, it, it's there. It's, 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 it just feels very personal. Yeah. And I think that's what, also what I love about commercials in a way is, is it's that very, there's a very, it, it varies so much with commercial reads, like yeah. all over the place, you get to do everything there. <laughs> yeah. But again, you're, you're always talking to somebody, um, that you you really know and yeah. you get to you really get to connect with it because it's all your imagination. You know, you've yeah. got the text, you've got the scene, but you're not you're not interacting necessarily like I love on-screen acting. Yeah. I love it. Um but you have a variable when you're dealing with another actor. Um yes. sometimes maybe they have an itch of their nose or something and then something's happening, but the camera's on you and you're just watching that like twitch or something happen. And you're like, oh, whereas like when you're in the booth and you get to do so many takes and you get to you kind of get to really play with with the script. Um, yeah, I I love. Yeah, and it's just fun to see like to be so many different things and so many different characters and there's a freedom in the booth to to really um, go back to being a kid and not yeah. just in like the play, but like being able to really be any character. Like yeah. you can be a tree, right? Like if you were in yeah. a movie, be a tree, they'd probably, you know, add some special effects or it'd be campy. But like you can be a tree, a genuine, honest tree that everybody believes is a tree and isn't having to suspend animation. They're they're <laughs> suspend belief. Right. Yeah. So it's um, I think that's really delightful to be able to be, you know, I could be a booger and it'd be great. <laughs> you know, like it's like <laughs> that might happen because a book might be a story about a booger, you know, yeah. that might yeah. not be a yeah. So I, I love I love that aspect um, about voice acting. Awesome. Awesome. And I want to talk to you a bit about clowning. Oh, sure. Yeah. You do clowning. And I, you know, I've always loved clowns. I know that some people are funny about clowns, but I think clowning is is such a it's it's just magical and wonderful. So tell us a little bit about your clowning. Yeah. Um, so um, first, I'm going to say that clowning is like it's it's an opportunity to play the game of your audience so wherever you are the audience decides the game so you for instance there's a story i love to tell about 
humanitarian clowning is really where I come into clowning is. Um, so that's where you clown for hot in hospitals and prisons and orphanages and uh, areas of uh devastation or areas challenged. Um, and the, I, the thing is you're, you're bringing an opportunity to engage in play and joy. And a lot of those areas and spaces um, don't get that because people don't want to go there or uh, performance and entertainment is too expensive. Um, and also there with clowning, you're not judging anybody. Yeah. So yeah. you might go into a space and um, and also they might feel powerless and it's an opportunity to give them power because they're controlling the game mm -hmm. and you're going along with the game and you're seeing only them, not their situation. So as a clown, I, I like to say that there's two parts of me. I split into two people. I'm a clown present with the person I'm interacting with. And then there's something recording what's going on. So I might be interacting with someone that I know is not going to live past a month, something or their situation might be of uh, they're in a abusive environment or uh, they're dealing with a great deal of, um, uh, I guess, um, famine or, or, you know, just Mama. sorts yeah. of things, right? Their terminal illnesses. Um, and, but you're only there with them. Yeah, you're there with them. And you might be recording all of these like things that you notice or those aspects. But I don't turn I don't watch that recorder until I'm gone, you know, yeah. so really just there and present with them. And a friend of mine, when he first became clowning, he told me this great story of his first experience. He was like, I wanted to be funny so bad. Clowns are supposed to be funny. I wanted to be funny. I went with a senior clown to a hospital and it was the kids ward of uh, terminally uh, ill kids. Oh. And I wanted to be funny. And I went in and I got rejected by this kid. He did not think I was funny. He wanted me to leave. And I was like, just shocked and, and, and mortified. And, and so the senior clown went up to him and he was like, okay, this is what I want you to do. Go out of the room, wait a minute, come back in. And he's like, but, but the kid doesn't want me. He's like, just Victor, just do that. So Victor went outside of the room he came back in. The kid told him to leave again. The clown's like, just leave. And so that became the game. Yeah. And that gave the kid. So he came in, went out, came in. And soon the kid's laughing. All the other kids think it's funny and in and out. And so what it does in a lot of ways is it gives power back to people that have no idea what's going to happen. They can't control mm -hmm. the situation, but now they get to engage in a play where it's not about Oh, poor you. Oh, when do you get out? Oh, you're, you know, all of these emotions and feelings that we have. It's like giving the opportunity and giving them back. Um, just being able to be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I sat one time, uh, you know, I've done a lot of pratfalls for some children in some hospitals, yeah. but I found some really great opportunity. I've also found where, you know, somebody's so injured with so many different broken bones that Maybe I just listen to them tell their story and weep. A clowning is really about just being with the person. There's, there's performance clowning, which is also, again, the audience controls the joke. They wait for you to tell them, yeah. oh, I'm going to go check out that thing. Should I go check out that thing? Oh, I'm going to go check out that thing. The audience wants me to go check out that thing. Uh, should I? Yeah. You, there's always a checking back in with yeah. the audience. 
clowning. Um, but yeah, I've, I had clowned with um, Patch Adams for 14 years. I cannot wow. wait to get back into clowning. Uh, I haven't really been since the pandemic, um, but I do train regularly um, uh, with Dodie DeSanto, who's pretty amazing. And that's more like she does clown, mime and all sorts of things. And I also, you know, the clown it's not like a lot of makeup on. And I think one of the things that I've learned is that um, the clown that the U.S. typically thinks of, you know, mm. was created because the circus has got so big that they needed the nosebleed to be able to see the clown. So they made everything bigger. Yeah. But kids are usually at the front and their yeah. sense so heightened. So the clown mm. became much larger and intense than it was originally. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's often just a nose <laughs> yeah. to have on and it's very simple. Um, yeah. And it's, it, it it's not about being scary. Uh, you know, yes. it's just what you've got control of the situation as an audience member, which I think is really fun. Um, wow. yeah, it's a great thing. I, I, I love, I love going to prisons. I love, I love hospitals. I love old, older folks homes. I, I just love being in the street with massive amounts of children and, and just, yeah, I think we all want to be seen, you know, Mm -hmm. I think we all want to be seen or heard or just, you know, acknowledged as it's existing. And I think clowning really, um, lends itself to, um, to that gift to people. Amazing. Amazing. I love that so much in there. And, and I feel like, the whole thing that you said about being present, you know, in the moment, that lends itself so much to voiceovers, you know, know, because you need to be present and in the moment. So that's really beautiful. And that's that thing about, I just think it's fascinating because planning, of course, you don't, I mean, you, you don't talk. Uh, some do. Some do. Oh, really? Okay. Okay. <laughs> Not most, a, a lot don't. A lot of yeah. clowns don't. The majority don't. But, you know, I'll say that, like, one of the things uh, there's a lot of there's hosting though yeah. there is hosting that has to you know to introduce something if you're doing a presentation or yeah. my friend Santi's always got like some he's on the phone with somebody when he's talking to the kids you know it just it varies okay you know? yeah yeah, and if, yeah. You're, if you're if you're a clown facilitating like learning a task yeah. there might be a little bit of words a few words there <laughs> yeah so the other thing I think about clowning that really lends itself, you know, and, and is really interested in, you know, combination with voiceovers is that there's a vulnerability about clowns, isn't there? There's a real vulnerability. And I think that, you know, is how we connect as human beings. Um, and so being able to use that in your voiceovers, I think that's really interesting. Oh, definitely. Yeah. The vulnerability is... Um... I, I mean, I think that is an area where um, it feels scary to people because there's always this idea of of being judged. And um, yeah, being yeah. a clown, you do, you get to be just completely receptive, just open and 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 expose that receptiveness, you know. And um, yeah, the vulnerability of not <laughs> because again, you might fall a bunch, you might get a lot of rejection, but it's not. Um, it's not, the reaction isn't, I'm going to now be angry yeah. at you because you're, yeah. you're allowing yourself to be vulnerable. Oh, the kid didn't like me. Maybe I'll be sad. I'll be very hurt by it. But, but there's not that, um, that not, not the, like, I'm going to defend or, or put a yeah. wall 
I'm not putting the wall up is basically what happens. Yeah, for sure. It definitely lends itself to vulnerability. Amazing. And and the fact that you go into, you know, prisons and help people, that's that's so wonderful. And that must be so good for your soul as well to kind of feel like you're you're giving back and you're making a difference. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's it's interesting. I it's funny when you say that making a difference. I I I, I think that phrase mm-hmm. makes me go, oh wait, pause. But I I guess so. My my first thought is when I think of those places is immediately like a bunch of faces pop into my head. And yes. immediately I think of what I love is about putting on the nose is that um, their walls come down mm. a lot of times as soon as you get past a certain hump. Now with like teens in prisons, when you go to those groups, they're a little bit longer and you kind of just figure out the game that they're just too cool. Yeah. And to hop in that too cool zone, then they'll, 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 they'll play a game with you. But um, just being able to see them have the space, yeah. I feel like to breathe, yeah. just breathe. I mean, for me, it's like, I like, I guess it is making a difference. I just <laughs> immediately, I'm just like delighted by all the different humans that I've gotten to interact with. So yes, I guess so. <laughs> I mostly right. just think about like how grateful I am that I got to meet each of those people because wow, they, they have, they give me such delight as well. I got to play. They played with me. It's like, I got a friend for the day, you know, like when you're like, Oh, I don't know anybody. You basically are, you're like going in somewhere. You're like, I don't know anybody. And then they're like, Oh, Oh, I'll go see if they want to be my friend. Oh my gosh. They're my friend. Oh my gosh. This is so great. Like, I feel like I've been given way more than them. (laughs) Oh, nice. Nice. And what, yeah, what do you feel kind of, yeah, lends lends itself, like, you know, in terms of planning to, to voice acting? Oh, uh, definitely being present, um, mm. being willing to um, really play and go outside of um, maybe what, uh, what, well, I, I think, I think this is, a, it's kind of like multi. Um, I feel like that along with, I used to do casting, is understanding that like, you can just do anything. You're not going to control. You can't control the situation. That's what I was saying. You can't control the situation and you're going to go in multi multiple directions. And so if the script presents something that takes you somewhere else, well, why not go there? (laughs) There's no reason to to put the brakes on. Um, If somebody asks you to put the brakes on, cool. But they're controlling. They're the audience in control. And you can just allow yourself to and your imagination to go wild. there's no limits there. So I think clowning lends itself definitely to embrace play and that it's okay to have fun. I, I think sometimes we, we, we're just doing a performance in the way that we think the performance should be versus being like in it. So I yeah. think clowning definitely lends itself to being in it. Amazing. Amazing. And then the other thing, obviously improv, you know, mm-hmm. and you're improving in clowning. So that, I guess that, you know, and, and oh, yeah, improv definitely. is so important in voice acting. Oh, definitely. Um, so, but we're just going to, on that note, we're going to take a short break and hear from our amazing sponsors. You are listening to the voiceover hour podcast season four brought to you by the voiceover network sponsored by Sennheiser, Focusrite, Audio-Technica, and Elements Demos. 
This podcast is powered by the Focusrite Vocaster and the Sennheiser USB microphone. Founded in Japan in 1962, Audio-Technica has grown to design critically acclaimed headphones, turntables, and microphones, building on its passion for listening and retaining the belief that high-quality audio should be accessible to all. From live concert tours and recording studios to theatres, educational facilities, and houses of worship, there are also millions of music enthusiasts gamers and content creators who use Audio-Technica products every day. Check out the Audio-Technica website, audio-technica.com. Having the right demo is so important as a voice actor. In fact, it's one of the most important marketing tools you need to have. Now, I created Elements Demos because I wanted to make sure that voice actors have the best demos to go out to get work and to get more representation. I have an amazing team of scriptwriters, sound engineers, and directors, all working with you. Check out elementsdemos.com for more information. Okay, hello everybody. We are back and we're talking to Ali. All about, we've been talking about clowning, we've been talking about her amazing voiceover journey. Um, how important do you think investing in your voiceover business is? Oh, so important. Um, I, training is great and really important. And actually, I was thinking before coming about um, my dance teachers in college did a program uh, where they brought us all to the UK, London. And um, the way it worked was they gave us money. They gave us a little uh, money that we could use. And our job was to go out and find classes to train. And the idea, the concept behind this, <clears throat> this semester of, 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 of learning was train after you leave college, continue yeah. to train, know how to find the training um, and how to budget for the training that you need. Um, I think investing in your business is really important and also understand what kind of business owner you want to be. Do you yeah. want to delegate out work? Do you want to do it all yourself? Because some you know, of us, you know, if you come from a nine to five, you might be used to not having to do all the emails, balance the books, all of that stuff. And you, you just come, you do your task, you go home, which is fine. If you come from running a business, you understand there's all of these other things to do. So kind of knowing do you want to, do you feel excited about learning those things or would you like to create a team for yourself? I mean, people hire agents. I know the agent thing is kind of strange because there's a percentage and they don't get paid if you don't, but you're still hiring a teammate, somebody to be a part of your company, your business. Um, and so knowing who you want on that team, do you want an accountant? Do you want an assistant that answers emails? Do you want someone that does social media? Do you want an editor? You know, that's like, and what kind of editor do you want? Do you offer 24 hour turnaround? Well, maybe finding someone in, in a day ahead of you, whose daytime is your nighttime to edit for you. So you get that faster turnaround. You know, there's lots of things to take into consideration. Um, and I think it's just really important to kind of know that so that as you're going forward, you um, can be successful because 
um, you're happier. (laughs) You're less stressed out about it. Um, And investing that time in your business helps it flourish. Because the thing is, I mean, like every business, be patient with yourself because every business has got a learning curve and has time. I mean, because you have to build trust with clients. You, it's yeah. all about, we're all people interacting mm-hmm. with one another and we've got to build that trust and brands that you used at one time built that trust because maybe they were quality, but then if their quality slips, you know, so it's the same with you as a voice actor, investing in your business training so that the quality maintains uh, if the, if the industry shifts for a faster turnaround, that's when you start investing in like, well, how can I, how can I help myself? And that's the other thing is thinking about your business as your client, mm. your business is your client. So how are you going to help your client or your best friend? Maybe your business is your best friend, which you fight with, which you get angry with, which you don't like sometimes, but also you, you want to give that helping hand. Oh, you're not getting enough sleep. Oh, there's not enough income to pay that. How can I assist you? I might not income, but maybe I'll reach out to these clients because I know that's going to help you, my dear business. You know, like I'm going to take those extra steps to reach out. So I think it's, I think, well, it's vital if you Mm. want to industry is to invest in your business, of course. Definitely. Awesome. Awesome. Great advice. Um, and I know that you're, you know, you're brilliant at networking. That's one of those oh, things no. that you're very good at. You know, you work in a lot of different areas of the entertainment industry. What advice have you got for people in terms of networking? You're just making friends. You're, you're being friends. Think of everybody as your friend and you'd want to help your friends. So when I talk to people, I listen to them because I am curious. I'm fascinated. I listen to my clients. I try to listen to what it is. We always say like, what do they need filling the gap of their need? Um, It is that, but it's not necessarily, I'm going to fill the gap by being who they hire. I might fill the gap because, well, oh, you need a producer. Oh, I know somebody that I trust. You know, I know somebody, oh, you need a dog sitter. Oh, I know somebody, you know, it's, it's not, it's, um, it's, it's about just, I feel like being listening. It's all about listening. What do they need? And, and not about thinking that I am going to get something from it. It's, I'm just delighted to meet people. Yeah. And that has lent itself well. It surprises me. Mm-hmm. I just got three jobs yesterday, long-term jobs that came from people. And the other thing is like, You never know where anybody's going to go. A bunch of friends that I know from, (laughs) I don't want to say debauchery, but like, like basement music shows and stuff like that. Like, that's how I know them. And I wouldn't have thought, but, you know, keeping in touch and I was always friendly and caring and went out of my way to, to, you know, connect people. And then they just happened to go into a, a world where they need a voice actor and because, you know, also being putting yourself out there helped them see what I was doing. Mm-hmm. So they were able to reach out to me because they saw that, you know, I posted my demo or I posted some information, not something where it's like, hey, it is a little like, look at me, but it's not like it, it's not um, it's not sh- I'm not ashamed of it. 
I think mm. we post things and we're shameful. We post it in ways that can feel uncomfortable to people versus mm. being like, I'm just sharing. I was yeah. just sharing, like sharing with a friend or a family member. Hey, I just did this thing. I'm really excited. Yeah. I think when you network from that place of being, I'm just sharing because I'm really excited about this. This is really cool. It, it has that vulnerability. It has that honesty. It's genuine, uh, just like connecting people. So networking, I would say, listen, um, be, be interested. And if you're not interested, maybe they're not who you should be connecting with. Yep. You know, it's okay. It's okay yeah. to like not jive with somebody. Um, yeah. And then when you share your information, do it because you're excited about it. Find excitement in it and think about the people watching it or viewing it as being a dear friend that you just are so excited about sharing this with. Because then, you know, it's out there and and they'll either respond to you or they won't. Yeah. And it's okay. <laughs> just... I love that. That's such a beautiful you you put that so well. And um, yeah, I know that that's probably a lot of people listening are going to be like, oh, yeah, OK. Just, you know, so much is mindset and so much is just about kind of how we frame it, you yeah. know, when we're, when we're reaching out to people, when we're networking, when we're connecting. And yeah, we, we, we kind of tend to like hold these words like networking and business, you know, <laughs> so heavy and there's so much kind of connected to those words. But you can just change them and and change the the context and the story behind what you're you know the reason why you're doing that um mm -hmm. and i and i love that because it's just putting a positive spin on it which <laughs> gives you positive energy which then puts more positive energy out there yeah yeah awesome oh my gosh so much we've we've talked there's been loads and i would love to keep talking to you um but i know we're coming to the end so um i've got my special question yes. for you um and i know you've you listened to to the podcast i do listen to this podcast so i was ready everyone and a lot of people say <laughs> oh wow i never thought of that i'm like i listen to this podcast i will be ready for this question <laughs> so ali uh -huh. what would you say to a younger you what advice would you give to a younger you be shameless. That is, I, I feel very passionate and I feel myself bubble up just saying it. Um, be shamelessly compassionate. If you want to give somebody a hug, a card, say a nice thing to them, say it. Um, be shameless with your choices. Be shameless with, with sharing. Um, there's, I think shame uh, often is associated with some kind of um, ill act, but I think illness towards other people or being mean to other people is stimulated by shame. I don't think, I think if you are shameless, you will go into the booth and you'll make choices and you won't be ashamed that you made those choices. You won't be ashamed that you stumbled. You won't be ashamed through that process. It'll be a delight and a celebration to move forward. So I would say to myself, because I look back on all the times I was shamed and it stuck with me and how it derailed me from my journey. And it derailed me from, from, I mean, the worst acting of my life was when I was trying because I was so worried and ashamed, um, trying to present something that would cast me mm. and instead of just performing. And once I was 
told, and, and I hate that I was told this, but it was, it was being told actually two people. I'm going to say Martin Blank and Maria Owen. Maria Owen, when I was 14, gave me the opportunity to be in this lead of this play that she wrote. And she believed in me. And it was, it was saying that I'd been ashamed that I couldn't do a lead, that I couldn't, you know, there's all these misconceptions. And she was like, oh, she celebrated me crying big, me being these big performances. And Martin Blank told me later on, (laughs) after all of the shame had built on me that, um, you know, yeah. Oh, feel it. You know, like take right down what you love about acting and then just carry it with you. So you can always reference it. And I, I realize now, you know, if I am shameless, everyone's worried about being swindled. Right. Mm. So having again, like clowning, it's like there's no shame in clowning. Clowning has been used as a tool sometimes to shame people. But like what's wrong at being laughed at and being there in that space? It's not. It's great to be able to go. I don't know. Can you show me? Because then you're going to learn something, a new trick, like like the sound space that I started off with voiceover or the reading too long. Because Mm. of my shame, I didn't say, well, I'm trying to read the entire thing at once. You know, I was I was I felt ashamed. Now, if I had been like, wow, do you have any tips or tricks? Because I'm currently reading this whole thing through. Oh, I would have saved myself some time. I would save myself some time. And it's more fun to be shameless with your performances. Oh my gosh. It's so much fun. You know, who knows if you'll get hired? There are too many variables. It doesn't matter. You're there to perform. And why do you love it? Right? Mm -hmm. Be shameless with your love for it. I mean, that's it. Be shameless with your love. That is, Mm -hmm. that is my, my message to my younger self. Be shameless with your love. (laughs) Oh, that was so amazing. Thank you. Really, really great advice. And um, yeah, I know that, yeah, lots of people listening to this are going to get a huge amount from this podcast um, interview. It has been such a pleasure and an honor having you on the VoiceOver Hour podcast. Thank you so much, Ellie. Oh, thank you so much, Rachel. You are brilliant. And um, yeah, it's been it's been really, really great listening to you today and, and chatting to you. Yay. Yeah, it's <laughs> wonderful. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today for this podcast. And make sure you catch the next episode of the VoiceOver Hour podcast. Thank you for listening to the VoiceOver Hour podcast season four, brought to you by the VoiceOver Network with special sponsors Sennheiser, Focusrite, Audio-Technica, and Elements Demos. My name's Rachel Naylor. Join me for the next episode taking you behind the scenes in the voiceover industry.